once more. It's Lewis Cratham here with Inside the World of Duo Tone. It's the podcast where we speak to our team riders, athletes, people of interest all around the world. And today we're speaking to Machu Lopez, who is a vice kitesurf world champion and winner of the recent GKA Ponte Preta 2023. He's also on our Duo Tone international team. Machu Lopez, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you. My pleasure. Uh, how are you doing, Luis? I'm doing good, actually. I'm uh, back in the UK at the moment with the summer just about to start, and I've decided I'm going to speak to as many people as possible, and I'm glad that I've lined you up today, Matthew. But first of all, I wanted to congratulate you with your incredible win in Ponte Preta. How did that feel to take home the win in the Kitesurf World Championships the first of the year? Hey, that was huge. Actually, that was pretty huge. Doing uh, uh, this in front of my my parents, my family, I mean, my friends, and my in front of my home crowd at the most perfect wave that could ever be on tour. Um, Ponta Prat at his best, we had some crazy waves, and actually it was pumping for more than one month. It was nonstop. It was absolutely amazing winter. And then, yeah, getting the, the good result there, winning in front of all these insane good riders. Um, and then coming, going to the final with uh, Vito Montero, the legend uh, of all times for me. Uh, huge respect for this guy. Uh, also to the other guys. Also, But um, it was pretty epic, man. It was pretty, pretty epic. I can't imagine what it might be like to compete in front of your family, your friends, your whole town, the place you grew up. So Ponte Preta is a very famous uh, wave riding spot in Cape Verde. You've, you've lived there your whole life. Is that right, Matthew? Yes, I grew up there. Um, I was surfing since Scrum and then I kited. I did also windsurf a little bit there as I like to be underwater. Um, no matter what sport it is. And I was always there. The moment I was pumping, it was good waves and we were always there. So it's my home spot. Um, there's many things behind it. Uh, it is not an easy place to kite at all because the wind is super offshore. makes it super difficult, technical. Uh, you need to be super in tune with your gear, um, confidence, and yeah, a lot of things need to line up. A lot of things need to like, get there you know and it's uh yeah it isn't the, the easiest place ever to to compete but the locals seem to do so well there all the time um on the world tour you you definitely reckon it has a, a big advantage for you as as home riders yeah man um Ayrton and also now upcoming uh Hendrik Lopez also and then have uh TT have me too I said is for me is the god of uh, he's the guru of that thing especially at Ponta Preta the style master um, classic thing I think uh, that could be compared to uh, Rob Machado uh, riding all times there and, uh, these guys were putting an absolutely crazy show especially Ayrton you know and been training so much since so long so focused every day I think uh going through the first eat with Ayrton and get the get the win on top of him at his best 
best uh, performance result and and shape was something huge. I felt the confidence went through the rooftop. It was just kind of like holding back on the emotions. Uh, don't get too excited to go do the things properly. How it should be wave by wave, turn by turn. But yeah, as I said, these guys would just do the maximum and with style, with maneuver, criticality on the waves, uh, variety. Uh, and then Ayrton is absolutely an experienced guy with competition. Also, me too. So you need to be on point. You have no room for mistakes. You need to do what the judges want. You need to do things that uh, need to be done. And, well, it was it was crazy. And especially for me, because I was riding on the backside. Mm. And, and it is. It makes it way more difficult because you're riding on your on your backhand, and the wave is the wind is always pushing you outside. Makes it super difficult to reach the bottom of the wave and then come on top and hit and then make sure that you go down again. It is more more difficult, and uh, yeah, uh, apparently just just like uh, in and appreciate the backside riding, and they. They have a good value for that as well. So, yeah, I tried it to do my best. And as I said, you know, making mistakes and go there after two waves. And then after that, just keep trying to get better and better. So, and, you yeah. ca- and, you, and you came on top. Uh, you came out on top. Sorry to interrupt you quickly, Matt. Yeah. You came out on top and you've given me such a lovely list of riders there that we know to be the best in the kite surf. Discipline, guys like me too, Montero, up-and-comer, Henrik Lopez, of course, Ayrton Cozzolino. Now, we go back to this, that you are from the area and you know the place better than anyone. And it's so easy to sit here and talk about the advantage that you have uh, as a local. But I'm going to ask you directly, and I want you to give me one of those advantages. What is it you think that you know about that spot in any type of way that other riders might not know? Look, I tell you. Uh, well, you don't want to share with me. <laughs> you no, might not want sure. to share it with me. No, okay. no, no. hundred percent. Um, no, no, 100%. I want to share. I want to give it all for everybody. There's no need to, to keep anything back. It's just a place that you need to be there and you need to be, be there the most maximum time of possible, possible. So the moment there's waves, you need to be out. It is different from anywhere else in the world. The wave is just next to the rocks and it, it peels off all the way down to the beach. And it's amazing, but it has a lot of tricks. For example, we're right there when, when there's strong wind and especially when there's light wind. And it gets to a point which is light wind that we're doing body drag. I do body drag sometimes when it's eight knots and I'm not leaving the water. And I absolutely love it. The, the challenging thing and, and, and so on. But it has a trick that when uh, you're riding there, the moment, uh, as you know, it's offshore, the moment you go a little bit downwind, you're tacking a little bit outside because the waves are coming and you're scared they catch you. That's the biggest mistake people do. People always go downwind because the waves are coming on your way. And the locals, what they do, they go upwind. And they go upwind, I'm talking about... Uh, Maybe we pass on top of uh, rocks which are one meter next to you, you know, or even mm. less. Sometimes we pass on top of them, jumping, little jumps, just get the fins out of the water. 
So we're always on top of the rocks, near the rocks as possible, because the wind is exactly there. The wind is much cleaner. The wind is slightly stronger. In the moment you're outside, there's more current. And with more current uh, going uh, on you, you lose power on your kite. If you're familiar with that. Yeah, sure. you're losing your yeah, contact with you, the kite. Yes, exactly. So when we're talking about 8 knots, 10 knots, or even 15 knots, and another thing is, another special secret there is in Ponta Prata, you don't ride no kite bigger than a 9 meter. You ride a bigger than a 9 meter, uh, the kite is pushing you a lot on your turns. And the kite is not fast enough to get going on a moment where there's no wind like to when you turn because there's a wave uh and you need to pump up like to get in the wave your 10 meter is a little bit slow so yeah it's it's not the same and then it's dragging you a lot in the water and so on so it makes it uh it makes it difficult you know so nine meter is the biggest and the second trick is stay always close to the rock but then yeah you need to have a good courage to do that because the waves can be big. And for us over there, the bigger it is, the better it is. And that's where the fun begins and where mm. the thing gets more excited. And man, I absolutely love it. The mo- I used to say many times, it is very, very tricky. Uh, sometimes I said it, I don't like it because sometimes I need to ride on the front side. And uh, it's not my normal foot. Uh, going on the front side, but I've been training a lot on it uh, this uh, winter in case the wind was going to be offshore, offshore, deadly offshore. Ayrton, Hendrik, me too, they're really good at that at that riding uh, front side there. And I, norm- I normally ride on the back side. So straight on my front side, and then the wind turned out that it was a little bit more side shore. So I was able to ride on my back side, which I love and which is the natural stance for me. That must but be really, said, really interesting to try and go switch yeah. and, and to learn front side yeah. and back side. Do you ever bring that into yeah. any of your heats or it's not worth it? No, I've done it. I've done it on the past. I've made it to the to the semis. But bro, it's not natural. It's not the same. You know, no, it's like I, I'm going to skate. Imagine. It's like, yeah, it's like you're going to skateboard with a, with a, in your, for example, your right foot on the front. And you put your left foot, you're gonna fall immediately. Yeah. I'll be fine because <laughs> that's the way I ride. I'm a goofy on a, on a skateboard. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But the yeah. other the other way, I can't think about yeah, how difficult it, that that would be. Cool. Well, now you talk you, you talked briefly there, Matthew, about um, the past, and I want to talk a little bit with you about the past now because you've been on the tour for a long time. You know what it feels like to be a world champion. You're currently vice world champion. What's your plan now for 2023? Now that you're leading the tour, how are you feeling about the rest of the year? What's your ambition for this year? Uh, it couldn't be any other ambition. I just want to go for it. I just want to send it. I just want to put uh, the maximum knowledge I have and experience and all of it together and try to make it nicely on the spot. Um, step by step yeah i i am on the on the stage where i think i have enough experience with competition um i've done a lot of mistakes i've done a lot of good things 
but uh, anything can happen. But I'm just gonna go for it. Um, the guys are riding absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm gonna do my best. Um, now we're gonna have a big air competition in Tarifa. It's not my favorite at all, but I'm gonna put uh, all my effort into it. I'm gonna train. Uh, I'm gonna do my max, and then we have the second stop of the GKA World Tour that counts for the title, which comes from Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. I hopefully it's gonna be left. There is a big possibility that it's gonna be left. I'm a goofy foot, and I would love it so freaking much. It would be so epic. And then we go to Germany, still, uh, still in August, and then mm-hmm. Morocco, and then Fortaleza and Taiba. Onshore, uh, beach break, uh, light wind. I think the most, the most uh, complicated uh, scenario. But yeah, in my mind, it's epic. It's Ponta Prata rolling down. And there's no other thing coming on my mind that I just want to make every turn. I want to make every trick. I want to make it look the easiest, the smoothest, and I want to keep on being the person who I am, the the soul guy, the smiley guy on the beach and bringing the good vibe and water out of the water. But you have what it takes. You have what it takes to be world champion. Is that your goal? Bro, uh, I think I got it. Uh, I'm going to go for it. And I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to prove. And yeah, sometimes I put a lot of pressure on me because I really care and I really want to get it done. I wanted to do it good, but sometimes it doesn't go on my favorite when I'm stressed, when I'm trying to run after some stuff, which conditions are difficult sometimes. And, but yeah, uh, I think, I think, I think performance (laughs) with any sport or anything in life is definitely linked to what is going on in your personal life at that moment in time? It certainly reflects, you know, the way you perform reflects the stretches that you have and the better place that you're in, I think the better you perform with everything. So my question next, really, as um, we're going to get through these questions nice and quickly. So we've got, we've got quite a few still to go, but maybe we'll make these a bit quicker. So how do you prepare, Matthew, for life on the tour both physically and mentally is there anything special you do to keep in in shape look um it is a really good question and my answer is i try to cut as much as possible i try to get it as sharp as possible in the water uh tune in with my gear with my boards pins every single thing of it every single bit of it in the water and I'm not the best out of the water with with a with the preparation, but I've been working on it. I've been trying to do my best with it. Even got a um, coach, personal trainer for that. Um, I'm trying to put uh, the maximum effort on it. So it means um, what uh, what you eat, um, the sleeping, the the stretching, the workouts, and. And uh, also somebody who is behind me, which could help me mentally be at the right place, the right spot. Um, a person who knows me properly and a person who have been doing what I'm doing. Um, no need to be at that level, but that they just need to get they need to get the best out of you. Yeah. Get me in that zone, get me into that comfort zone and that make me believe that uh, 
this is what I do every day. This is just getting me out of that situation, which is a lot of pressure. And I tell you, when you're on the competition moments, that 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 could be, that could be you not. Know, there are thousands, thousands of little details that you just get in your mind and get you out of the zone. For example, we talk about Ponte Preta, which just happened. Imagine my my father, the guy who grew me, who, who did everything for me. I grew up with him since I was seven. He was there on the beach watching, and for the first time, pretty much, I'm. I'm getting a win in front of him at home at the best wow, stage yeah. ever I could ever imagine, the best wave I could ever imagine. And saying that, this event was the best event I could ever win in my life. That is much better than, that's much more important for me than be winning a title. Like doing it in front of my best friends, my yeah, father, I, I my bet, people. I bet that you know? was something really special. Was, to, I can only dream about, next level. I can yeah. only dream of doing something like that match you so let's move on now let's rattle through these questions so how did your way of competing change over the last years you know like you've got a lot of experience in waves uh, riding barrels especially in from the content i've seen with you you look very oh. comfortable in <laughs> barrels just just it just can't get any better you know when you're addicted to do it something i just i just think of it but this is something that since kid i, I mean I surf, I do all of it on the water. I spear fishing, I free diving, uh, windsurfing, all which is in the water, in the ocean, in Mother Nature. I absolutely love it, especially in the water. And getting barreled, like standing tall in a barrel, it's something that uh, always was my dream since little boy. Like I used to walk on the street and see a palm tree hanging like this, just pretending that I'm passing inside, just standing <laughs> tall like this, you know, and looking back and positioning. And this is now is happening to my life. I'm, I discovered this wave, uh, Bangladesh. We call it Bangladesh. I call it, I call it Bangladesh. And I go there when it's pumping. I get this ferry. I get to do the travel. I go there, organize everything. It's a pretty crazy logistic to be out there. Uh, because far away, it's so dangerous, so sketchy, the wave so strong. But the risk of all that and everything that I put together to get those conditions, to get those barrels, is absolutely mental from my brain. I'm going over the moon and come back to the earth, <laughs> to the planet. Man, it's just so, so, so fun. Like, I'm screaming, uh, even though sometimes I get wipeouts, like my kite drops in the water in the lineup wave could be coming behind i'm just like this is so fun this is so crazy i'm addicted to it i just want to do this and my account got to grow so much about it for these videos for this um for these photos uh people love what uh i've been posting lately so it just motivates me to do more and more and it makes me you know louis the, the 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 real thing is I've been kiting for many years. I've been doing this for 15 years, competing, traveling all over for nine months without coming home, competing events, demos, shootings, clinics, all of it. And I've traveled to many places. And I get to find something that really drives me crazy on a way, on a positive way that motivates me, makes me want to go in the water, makes me wake up early in the morning 
which I'm not really the guy that wakes up really early in the morning to go kite. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you would uh, if there were barrels. Oh my lord! Yeah, man, I just want to get barrels. It's just so freaking insane. Good. It it is the best that I could ever ask for myself while being kiting. Is getting barreled, and then sometimes I'm just like wishing to the maximum of possible that one day I make it to places like Fiji and get on a on a front side barrel, standing tall, no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what size it is. No matter if I get smoked, I don't kite anymore for my life. Just want to get that feeling. That's my biggest dream. Wow. I tell you straight away. It's lovely. It's lovely to hear you talking here about you, about almost like you really do find what is your true passions. The more uh, you get busy as as an athlete in, in every sport comes many more obligations, responses, different projects and you can keep, you've been kiting now for 15 years, you've told me, and, it, and I can hear yeah. very clearly in the way that you're yeah. describing to me that this is the thing that you love to do. I'm a big air rider, and, and, I, and I know how you're talking. I want to be out there in yeah. 50 knots. This is what yeah. this is where I'm truly tested, and I think I can hear 100%. that from you, that the barrels, the, the barrels are the thing oh. for you. If you said you've been kiting 15 years to me, Matthew, so let's go back to the beginning. So when, how long have you been on the Duotone team? Um, 12, 12 years, more or less, 12, 13 wow. years. A long time. Yeah, something, some, something like this. And I started, everything came pretty much um, with help of Ayrton's father. Without, okay, him, yeah. without him, without him, this wouldn't be possible. I mean, there's so many people behind it. Uh, there's so many people I met on the beach, so many people who gave me a harness, who gave me a leash, who gave me a set of fins. And I'm so grateful for that because that, it's not just a couple of persons who made me who I am today. It's just a lot of people. And it's just a lot of people uh, behind me and supporting me and believed and, and uh, which are my friends, which I still in touch, some of them. And Ayrton's father did a huge thing for me. He he was kind of a, a guide for me, uh, an angel. Um, together with Ayrton, we were on the water all day until night dark. Don't see the kites in the air when we had to walk on the beach. I never forget this moment. And this is another beautiful thing I'm about to tell you. This, for example, sorry, I just got a little bit to the competition thing. Uh was a moment that uh, I came to Ayrton on the podium, I was just literally telling him, man, uh, what I am, what I just achieved right now, right here in Ponta Preta, is because of what you do. It's because of so how much effort that, that he puts and how much pressure he puts on me to get my ass on the water and push and risk it and, and put my life into, into, into risk and, and at the same time having the most fun as possible. And this is something that has been coming since, since very little. And I appreciate that so much. I was just getting emotional at that moment. I was telling him we were just on podium. I absolutely love this thing because wanted or don't wanted, he's pushing me, him, me too. Whoever it is next to us, it was just pushing us just go better, bigger, deeper, uh, crazier, bigger wave. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, wonderful. This... It's it's love. Sorry to interrupt you, Matthew, but just quickly, I want to point out how wonderful that is. That potentially 
in many other sports and competition. These are your biggest rivals here that we're talking about that are actually yes. your friends and are people that are pushing you to go as far as you can within the sport. Now, you didn't get this on a plate and neither did any of your friends. You've worked very hard to get to where you have got to, but it's really it's enlightening to hear that actually a lot of the people that are pushing you are local people, friends, but your competitors as well, like Ayrton and even his father. Yes, man. Yes. Uh, just like that, like that. Uh, Cinderella story moment there. Yeah. Me, you know, I was just getting a lot of emotional thing and, and getting back to where we started. Um, Libero and Ayrton did so much for me that my first trip, we made it together. My first competition, I did it together with Ayrton. He got first, I got second. It was wow. Going, it was just going crazy. We were in Sardinia. I was 17 years old. I don't know, man. It's, right now, I'm just like, I'm just remembering this moment. It's just like so, so much, so insane. And fast with the years, um, we were together at the old uh, North, which is Duaton now. Today, um, I got to international team after being on the Italian team for four years, five years, more or less. Under Bayocchi and under Marco Bayocchi's, uh, I know, yeah, yeah, uh, and then Philip took over with us. Uh, and since then, I was just like traveling to beautiful places, making dreams. Yeah, what do every you day. do? What do you do? That's a great question for you, Matthew. Besides competitions, what are your roles with boards and more? Um, <laughs> actually, I only kite. Um, that's all I can do, more or less. That's all I do. Um, but for nine years, for nine months a year, I do two, three shootings for Duoton. I do two months, sometimes two months and a half of demo tours around Europe, North America. I speak six language and I love wow. being around people and talking and doing demos. Uh, I do. I love doing clinics. I love teaching. I'm coming from teaching. I did. I taught kite surfing, windsurfing, surfing for six years. Um, and I was working on a hotel. Actually, Ayrton was always around too. And um, yeah, um, besides competing, I do all this. Um, yeah, bro. I love learning. I love meeting people. Get to see new places. Traveling. You're also you're also uh, you're also the um, you're also the brand face of Ion as well. I've got here. What does that involve? Yeah. More shootings, more uh, more yes. uh, trips around the world. Yes, <laughs> it's getting busier and busier. I I love it. Look, I was always telling you, I'm living the dream of my my life. This is the dream I had since kid. The dream that I dreamed uh, when I was about to go to sleep. I was on my bed. I looked after me too. Uh, since today, I look is uh, my hero as a person, as a as a as an athlete. I looked at him and I said, I want to do things that he does: traveling to the most beautiful waves, the most beautiful beaches, to kite, and to perform on the most beautiful, crazy videos of kiteboarding, me in the magazines and stuff. And I do that today. And I cannot be more grateful than that. I cannot imagine my life and the next life 
doing something else. I just want to do the same thing. I just want to live the same exactly thing. I don't want anything else. Just insane. Yeah, you, you know? sound like you love you love your life and you you love your job and you you mentioned there's a lot of I travel with you, there's a lot of travel with what you do. So I want you to tell me yes. what was the coolest, funniest, or craziest, most challenging trip that you've done with Duotone before. Which one do you remember the most? Uh, some Brandon for sure. <laughs> Where is that? Brandon. That's on the north uh, of Mauritius. There's some remote uh, sandbanks in the middle of of that huge uh sea ocean um you need more or less 24 hours uh of boat uh rough a long time it's a long time and it was quite crazy because we were sleeping in this fishing boat we were more or less six seven of us including no 10 of us including cameramen and photographers and we're sleeping I was sleeping for 24 hours without pee, without eating, without doing anything, just to oh. don't, just to avoid getting seasick. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, so it's not like a big ferry. It's a small little yeah. boat and you're with everybody. It was shaking like never before. <laughs> Crazy. And we got there. It was the wildest thing I ever seen in my life. And no phone connection so you read them off your phone every time you looked at your phone it was the saddest thing ever (laughs) (laughs) no connection no nothing back to the real ways back to the real ways exactly so you you made jokes on the table you played cards on the night and then during the day it was so wild sharks fish everywhere in that lagoon you see stingrays dolphins you see big sharks i was getting really scared and the beauty uh also on those dunes like you could not walk on top of those dunes or uh, instead of just walking near the water because otherwise you would step on the eggs from the birds or turtles that walked around and had eggs everywhere bro the wildest the craziest the most beautiful thing i've ever seen and experienced in my life we went we went fishing the end of the day uh last day in half an hour we caught nine tunas can you imagine wow. how wild that was i don't like know much about tunas. fishing but i know tuna is a big deal you caught nine big deal nine in half an hour people normally wow. would caught one in in half an hour or one or hour never. or the whole day yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. and the wave was incredible the wave was huge the reef was so scary. It was so, so different. Uh, I was out of my comfort zone. I was, I swear, I was scared to the max level. I said to the guys, I go on the water only if there is another kiter with a twin tip that yeah. is there ready to rescue me. Yeah. I was absolutely losing it on my, uh, on my wetsuit. And after first day, first, first session on those ways, I was, I couldn't do much. I remember Reno going to my head so crazy. Ah, you scared. Are ah, you doing this? Are ah, you doing that? In the next, in the next session. <laughs> but I knew, I, I, after that, I understood what he was doing. He was getting in my head. He was pushing me. But yeah. he was doing it on the way that I was not ready. I was not prepared. And I could never see it. So he was just pushing, pushing. And then the next wave, I was getting pretty much in every single barrel. 
and was dedicating wow. them all to him. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Waving to him. Waving to him in the barrel. Wow. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. And, it may, yeah. and this is part of the having team riders on the team at Girotonia. And it really is an incredible yeah. Yeah. team we have, not yeah. just riders that are just amazing in competitions, but they all bring something to the table. So I actually want to know, Matthew, now, as we've had such a lovely long chat here, where what's your schedule looking like for the next few months and where can we meet you? Uh, there's demo tours coming. There is this competitions. I'm going to be based in Tarifa. I'm going to be preparing now for the uh, Big Air GTA. And then we're going to Brazil. We're going um, north of Germany, still. Morocco, Dakla. Um, I'm going to be in Mauritius for a wave clinic. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to be around where the wind yeah, blows. So make I'm sure we're... Make sure you're following Matthew on his Instagram. He's got a huge following there, over 100,000 with all of his um, videos and content that he's posting. But Matthew, we're right at the end of our... (laughs) We're right at the end of our interview here. And I've got one more thing to ask you, actually. And it says something here about a tattoo. Is there anything else you can tell me about that? Oh, really? Who told you that? <laughs> Nobody uh, knows it. <laughs> well, it just says just says here tattoo question mark. So perhaps yeah, exactly. uh, you want to, or is it personal? No, 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 a hundred percent. So I used to be the guy that is always going to the people saying that, uh, like, when I see friends, I don't go to random people and saying that, but. When I see friends that have tattoos and stuff and they ask me why I don't have tattoos and I would go straight away and tell them like, have you ever seen a Ferrari with a sticker on? (laughs) That would be me. No no tattoos, no nothing, no sticker on. And now I have one. So I can't say it anymore. But the funny thing is, is I made a tattoo on my elbow uh, with the coordinates from uh, Ponta Preta that I picked. and then the date and the time that uh, my last hit finished, the one that I was, uh, that, yeah, everything got clear that I was the champion of the event. I tattooed also a trophy underneath. And on top of everything, I made a wave, supposed to be Ponte Prata. But I made, I made it on the elbow because, I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to see it too much. But I'm. I think it's so special. I think it's oh, that thanks, special yeah. that I want to remember it every every now and a while. Like yeah, it's like a surprise. Like every day. Yeah, yeah. I have but a lot is, of good memories. Yeah. I have a lot of good memories from traveling, from from friends, from moments, crazy, good, bad, and so on, which you remember once in a while. But this, I want to remember it like. Whenever I'm in front of the mirror, whenever when we're talking about tattoo, whenever it comes, it's and a it's moment, so and it's and it's a memory. And actually, it, those of you listening that are maybe trying to look at your elbow now, like I am, it's not very easy to do so. But Matthew Lopez, thank you so much for joining me on Inside the World My of Duo Tone. My, right. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks Matthew. for everybody. Right. Thanks for everybody who is listening. Um, appreciate it. Uh, happy to share a bit of my experience.